Hello! Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Forward Friends podcast. I am your host, Kelly Lund, and I'm here today with my co-host. It's me, Thomas! And we have a lot to discuss today. Um, (laughs) London Fashion Week happened and then Milan. So today we're going to be breaking down everything that happened in both Fashion Weeks. But we're going to try and speed through London because we have some clashing opinions about Milan that we think might get heated. So... Definitely stay tuned for that, especially if you are into Prada. Well, (laughs) we've got very differing opinions um, on the most anticipated collection of Milan Fashion Week, which was Roth Simmons' debut at Prada as a co-creator. So... So, Thomas, do you just want to start things off with London, and we can kind of fly through London and then get to all things Milan? Sure. Uh, So, London is honestly one of my favorite fashion weeks. It is. Um, It is. I love the the avant-garde craziness that comes out of London, um, as opposed to some of the other cities. I did feel a deep miss in my heart for some of my favorite designers out of London, including uh, Mari Kachansu, Richard Quinn, and Peter Polotto. None of them showed this season. It looks like Richard Quinn has a collection that's coming out October 9th. Which... So I next week, very excited yes. about that. Um, <laughs> he was on the schedule, but then... It was just like he was on the official London Fashion Week site too, and then they just dropped a teaser for his October 9th collection. I don't know, maybe there was a delay, but I'm bummed that he wasn't there because he's always a must, a must watch for me. Def- definitely a must. Um, but there was still plenty to talk about, um, starting with how it was kicked off with um, Ricardo Tisci's latest collection for Burberry. Um, <laughs> Over the summer, it was rumored that Ricardo was leaving Burberry. He hasn't been there that long. I think only like a year or so. Uh-huh. Um, and I wasn't too sad to hear the news. Um, but it doesn't no. seem like that rumor is true. Um, it seems like he's he's staying around. Uh, I, I don't hate this collection. I don't either. It still doesn't feel like it's meshing to me. I don't know if he's having a difficult time shaking off his Givenchy days, but it just still doesn't feel like he's found his footing at Burberry. And I still don't think people are responding that well to it. I mean, his initial collections got a lot of backlash from diehard Burberry fans. And I still feel like the momentum is pretty flat. I think so too. But I think he's going to be a designer like Heidi Slimane, where he has his own aesthetic and it's going to show up into any label that he's at. Uh So I almost feel like he doesn't need a legacy house anymore. I think he needs his own label now. 
That might be that he's he's got such a strong point of view that maybe he's losing himself trying to mold himself into a different brand's aesthetic. Yeah, well, I think I think the heritage of brands is getting lost in his aesthetic. I think we have such a distinct idea of what Burberry is supposed to look like, and it's not Ricardo's aesthetic. Um, no, but there, there's, there's definitely some, some cool pieces. Yeah. The- you and I, even, even when he was appointed to Burberry, we thought it was an odd choice, which we, we were huge Burberry. fans of his work at Givenchy, but yeah, it just was an mm-hmm. odd choice to me. Uh, I do really love what they did for their kind of digital, digital runway show I thought that was really cool. Their presentation. The the whole like in the forest thing was really cool. It's kind of become a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of designers have done it. And I think that Burberry did it the best. And you know, if we end up having a actual award season, the diamond crystal dress that closed the collection which was like this half long sleeve half cape thing i'd love to see it as a custom gown for Uh somebody um like honestly the first thought was amy adams but i don't think amy's movie is gonna be (laughs) disappointment i've been dying for woman in the window (laughs) so while i don't think that we'll have her i think she'd be the perfect person for it yes maybe maybe they'll have in a in a, a premiere date and she can make a nominee or a presenter appearance in Burberry. Yeah, maybe um so yeah that's kind of what i think about burberry uh and then i think we're gonna go kind of down a uh a lightning round of just kind of talking about some of the other collections what do you think yeah, I think that's good because I think we could get we could get hung up and talking about a lot. So let's fly through London a little bit. Um, Preen, what did you think of Preen? Um, I like Preen. Um, I, I their aesthetic is definitely super cool, uh, but I wasn't really impressed with this collection. I honestly kind of don't remember what it looks like. I. Didn't really like the collection, but it was a standout to me. And the fact that it was so surprising, it didn't really follow previous collections. And it was a lot of solids and a lot of ruffles, which was, I don't know, it was a departure for me. But other than that. See, I think of ruffles and that kind of like asymmetrical ruching that as a, as a preen central thing. And it just, it didn't. It didn't impress me. Okay. But what did impress me was Halpern. Halpern to me was like a couture collection in Ready to Wear. It was fantastic. It was. Um, it was bold color, lots of sparkle, drama and glamour from the beginning to the end. Yeah, and it was a pretty small collection, but each piece, you could tell, had so much work behind it. 
and had such a strong point of view that it didn't even feel like a small collection. Yeah, there were two bubble dresses that I actually just saw on Instagram today in an appointment where um, Michael Halpern was showing how the dress was actually constructed on the inside. And it's just a feat of imagination to bring this major moment to life. I was even more blown away with them than I already was. Yeah, the bubbles, bubble dresses reminded me in a very good way of Willy Wonka, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, when that girl's like blowing up as a (laughs) 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 But in a good way. It was a good nod to that. Uh I love it. I love, I love surrealism so i was i was so about it uh let's see who else uh what did you think of molly goddard i think Susie bubble could wear every single look and look fabulous i don't know about the uh, the average consumer but you know it's kind of what I've come to expect from a Goddard collection. This collection was definitely stereotypical Goddard. Um, uh, Susie is definitely the Mm -hmm. perfect Goddard woman. Funny enough, she was the one whose Instagram I saw the Halpern bubble things from. Oh. (laughs) She was the one. She she was touring the collection. Awesome. I did like Molly. There are definitely some pieces here that I could see being, you know, great red carpet potential. The finale red dress would be great on, you know, Kerry Washington or Zendaya. It was it was drama, but she definitely stuck to her shtick for sure. Yes, very much. Okay, what did you think of Amelia Wickstead? One of my favorites. I love Amelia. Like, I love her sleek tailoring, but it's all so feminine. And I would have to say that this has to be one of her best collections ever. And the tailoring was perfect. So beautifully done. Uh, Yeah, I love that one. The pleating. Oh, I'm looking at it again, and it's just is all so good. It's simple. But because the tailoring is perfect, the simplicity is amazing. Yes. All right, let's let's talk about David Coma for a little bit, the tennis collection. Okay. I I I love me some David Coma. Um, I love his sexy take on glamour. Um, I guess because there was no big Serena Williams thing this year, he had to make sure that the tennis girls got shout outs. Um, it worked in a very weird way. Like it was the weirdest meshing of sex appeal, sports, and high glamour. Mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. And I mean, I know your favorite thing was in the collection. I Biker shorts. 
No, I loved every single thing about the collection except for the biker short looks because they had not only was it a biker short look, it also seemed to have like a female version of a jock strap over top, and it just was. <laughs> and I put a picture of it on my Instagram. Everyone else hated it, but loved the other looks, which is exactly how I felt about it. But yeah, he he really took the tennis theme and ran with it. And oh yeah, it stuck. It really he nailed the landing. I think. I think so too. You know, the the crystal tennis net cape needs to show up in my closet. Yeah. Uh, you know, for whatever next big gala event that I'm able to go to, who knows when that's going to be. But I want to, I want to wear that over my tuxedo. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I could see you wearing it and wearing it just as good. Uh, yeah, I think you, it's a you would do it different. Yeah. yeah, it's a very wearable collection that I think a lot of people would be interested in so it was it was a standout for me i'd love to see that cape over like a simple black crepe column gown like strapless column gown on adele mm-hmm. uh, adele she needs to she needs to drop some new music and make some major appearances i she does i cannot wait i feel like Adele now she already was a fashion girl but I feel like she's gonna be she's gonna serve even more luck now I know Adele, uh, we want we want to see you out and about and hear your music because yes. I need it desperately I mean, her divorce imagine what breakup music she has coming <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic not that I want her to be heartbroken but yeah her her music seems to be at its strongest when she's dealing with a breakup. It's true. Though I liked her happiness album with 25. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. They, they felt like it wasn't as a deli. And I'm like, you know, there are seasons in everybody's life. She's she allowed can, to be happy. She's sad all the time. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's move on to talk about Eardam real quickly. Um, I just literally wrote down the words bold, but ugly. I wrote down Jane Austen would approve. It was a very Jane Austen collection to me. It it was a very Jane, Jane Austen collection. I felt like everything looked the same though. I think it could have been refined and cut down quite a bit, but it was nice. You know, it's kind of their, their shtick. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about shtick, Jenny Packham stuck to her shtick. Yes. It was pretty, but it was, yeah, safe. it wasn't memorable. Very safe. Uh, ever since she went back to London and just kind of released lookbooks, it's her collections have been meh. Yeah. Um, and then let's talk about Christopher Kane. What did you think? I wrote down in all capital letters with six exclamation points, bravo. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. It was- I liked the one dress. 
I really loved the entire collection. I thought it was very avant-garde. And I don't, maybe it's just because I feel like we're all starved for art because we haven't been able to go to museums and everything. But it just seemed to me like a very artsy collection. And then I loved that about it. Yeah. I mean, it did kind of feel like, you know, a lot of the print was exactly the same. Uh, it was it was cool, but it, it did feel like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, how much stylists will pull from it. I think they'll pull the, the, the one, one long sleeve A-line and it'll be over. Yeah, uh, but maybe uh, maybe they can convince him to make some custom pieces out of, with the other prints and patterns. Uh-huh. And then I think to uh, to round out London, what did you think of Roxanda? I felt like it was a a messy collection from them. I've come to really expect more from Roxanda, so I was let down. There were pieces that I really liked, but overall, I just felt like it was a bit messy. I did love her use of cut, color, um, and drama. And I, I am a sucker for a feather. And the feathered gown just gave me goosebumps. Really? The Sesame Street Muppet gown? <laughs> yes, that one. Oh, gosh. You can have it. You can have it. <laughs> I, I, I'll call her. I, I, let's, Roxanda, let's turn it into a fabulous cape and I will wear it to the grocery store. If it was cocktail length, I think it might be better for in, for me. I it just it was very heavy. You know, a a floor length feather gown either is is a risk. Mm-hmm. It almost either needs to have a really long train, or it needs to be cocktail length. Yeah. Uh, so it was an awkward like feeling. But I know that there's a lot of potential in that dress. Oh. All right. Are you are, are you ready for it? Because okay. it's time to talk about Milan and Prada. I am ready to defend Raph's honor. Yes. Okay. I was so excited. Uh-huh. about Roth's appointment as co-creative director with Mutual Prada at Prada. It was honestly one of the most exciting debut, most anticipated debuts of the season. And I felt really disappointed. I wasn't thrilled with the sleeveless silk twin sets I hated the embroidered Prada triangle on the blouses I hated the coats that looked like bed sheets that the models held really the clutch coats 
the big ones at the end of the collection I loved, but there were ones that felt very thin oh. that I hated. They, I like, I felt like the ones that looked like and had that the the looseness of a you know they're clutching a top sheet because you know they're. Their lover's wife came home, and they had to flee from the house. wasn't a wasn't a vibe for me. And I, I I didn't really feel like it had the same emotion. Like he didn't have the same emotion for the debut at Prada that he did for Calvin Klein, and definitely not the emotion that he had when he debuted at Dior. Yeah, definitely not. Um, one thing I, I think is very important to note is that he this wasn't his collection. It was a collaboration collection. Right. So that that's different. Um, and then in their talks, they did the pandemic did affect the way that they were able to work together. They didn't get to work together in person very much at all. But I really loved it. I think the clutch coats are really a signature of Prada. So to see that there was great. And I was digging back through some of Raph's work at, um, well, not just Dior, but even before Dior. And he, he has experimented with clutch coats before he did when he was Jill Sander. So I really liked them. I kind of thought that the bones of Prada were there, but it was a pretty safe collection. I don't think they really were pushing the boundaries that far, but I think that was largely yeah. because of the circumstances they were working with. But I, right. I loved the layering. That's something that I think Roth really excels with. So I loved the cutout sweaters over the colored turtlenecks with the A-line skirts. I love those were my favorite looks. I loved the seat belt belts. Those were so great. The kitten heels, of course, were there. I mean, there were so many things about this collection that I loved. And it made me feel finally like he's at a good place. He never felt right to me at Calvin Klein and I was so excited for him to go to Calvin Klein and it the, what he did there I mean they, they completely got out of the high fashion <laughs> yeah. it. when he left they were like we're done we're closing up shop we're not doing this anymore we're gonna sell underwear um but I don't know I really really loved it the nylon all of that is something that I've seen them explore the past few seasons at Prada and I've never really liked it until this this one so I think it was a nice marriage of both of their point of views yeah I also feel like we saw Prada versions of things that Calvin or that Roth had done at Calvin and Dior you know the black pant looks very much looked like the the bar suit takes that he did mm-hmm. opening at Dior. The A-line skirts felt very much like what he did a lot at Sander and Dior and Calvin Klein. I was I was underwhelmed. I will give him the and in, in Mucha the the benefit of the doubt that it was, you know, COVID circumstances, that it wasn't a 
wow of a collection. But you know what I'm excited for is for them to do some custom pieces, gowns specifically. Yes. I'm thinking of like Lapita Nyong'o, like something custom for her. Um, you know, she was she's she's been a Prada girl for a very long. She was a a Dior girl under Roth. So I definitely see, you know, her being drawn to it. Um, I would love to see uh, Yara Shahidi do some some Roth and Prada. Uh, I'd love to see Jennifer Lawrence do Roth and Prada. You know, she if did, Dior would let her. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she's she's definitely rocked a Prada look in the past, but now that Roth is there, I don't know if that'll happen anymore. Um, I'd love to see Charlize in it, you know. Again, if Dior will let her. What is, their contracts seem stricter than most other contracts. Uh, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't, Dior, Dior contracts is, is terrifying. But again, Charlize, just like Jennifer, they've worn Prada while, under the Dior contract, but with Roth at Prada, I'm not sure that that can happen anymore. Or even if I think there's difference between wearing like one of the Prada looks that Roth designed for a ready wear to wear collection at like a photo call or a daytime event versus like a custom gown. I don't. I mean, I still want to see the custom gown. But... I do too. But there's <laughs> something out there. Dior contracts. I'd love to, I'd love to re see those released. Like Kanye released his whole musical contract. Like let's yeah. see what the uh, Dior contracts say. Charlize, um, Natalie, Jennifer. If you want to release your Dior contracts so that we can see what they're doing to you, because it doesn't do you justice, please let us know. Um, you know the internet will rally behind you because. Right. Well, you Marion, just release your Dior contract before you were released from it. She's out, and there was bad blood when that happened. She should release it. Of course, totally she's in that, she, but she she's in that Chanel contract now. So, no. uh, okay, so we're gonna agree to disagree on Prada. Um, Are I you at least? excited to see where things go because i am it makes me hopeful uh, uh, the first collection doesn't make me hopeful but the the possibility that as hopefully covid gets under con under control and we move on with our lives that we do see a little bit more e collaboration i think that I could be excited, but I'm not excited off the bat. And I won't lie. I wasn't excited off the bat initially with Roth at Dior either. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it was because of a, a very yeah, sudden change in style for him, for, for the brand mm -hmm. going from Galliano to, to Roth. But um, I think that Roth's, aesthetic takes well on Prada. Uh, I just don't, again, don't know how long he may or may not be there. Uh, I am hearing that there's a, uh, 
a Roth label coming. So will that for women's wear? He already has a men's wear line. So if he's going to launch women's wear, is it is he going to continue to be where he's at? I think as co-creator, he definitely can do both. I do wonder if um, Prada is testing him out before doing like a full takeover as creative director and her retirement maybe down the line, if they're just seeing how he fits and if they have big plans for him, I don't know. Uh, I don't either. I'm, I'm open to seeing where it goes. But I'm not exactly excited from this collection. I, I'm i trying to think who I saw go there. Maybe it was Buy and Boy or somebody. Prada, while they didn't have guests for the unveiling of the collection, they did have a re-see at Milan Fashion Week and different stylists or editors that I follow at Instagram attended that and when you could seeing their footage of the clothes on mannequins and more detail it made me appreciate this collection even more so I'm excited to see it get somewhere and I think it will grow on you Thomas anything's possible (laughs) all right should we switch gears and talk about Fendi Mm-hmm. Yes, because I loved Fendi. I did too. Um, I really did too. It was a great way to kick off Milan Fashion Week. Milan Fashion Week was really the first in-person fashion week um, since Paris in March. And I... I'm, I just want to start by saying I don't think that Kim Jones needs to go to Fendi. That's I don't just think, what I was going to say. He I stopped, don't think it needs. He, no, it was so strong without his input. I don't think he needs to be there at all. No, no. Not, not, nothing against him. I just thought no, like it was no. such a strong collection that I'd hate to see them take any steps back as he finds his footing somewhere. Um, You know, we both are constantly looking for new leadership at Chanel. I just think there's other places he could go where he's more needed. I I think he I think he should, they should punt Maria Grazia Churi out of women's wear at Dior and let Kim Jones take over all of Dior. Sylvia Venturini Fendi Mm-hmm. has killed Fashion Week ever since Carl died. Like, since being forced to be head of the brand on her own, I think Fendi has delivered some of the best collections it's had in a decade. It's been... It's phenomenal what we saw this season, last season. I mean... It's really, it's magical. And I don't, I just would hate to see anything change that would affect it. Uh, and I love that she took inspiration uh, from the fact that Carl Lagerfeld loved duvets. Don't we all? Like that was his, 
that was that was the jumping point. Mm-hmm. The show ended with this great kind of duvet coat. Uh, and she wanted to to kind of have a little bit of a fashion take on the fact that we've all gone from the boardroom to the boudoir with because of covid and staying at home and redefining what where at home fashion is and if this is what sylvia is wearing at home i want to quarantine with her because it is glamour yes it's um, simple as that i'm just looking at the collection again it's such a well-rounded collection it's a well-rounded collection it had great diversity on the runway and not just in race mm-hmm. but also in size age, age. and age yes i love that older queen i'm gonna call her a queen in the in the black oh i was so happy for her she, she, she is. It. and i mean she, that is uh it, um, let me i gotta i gotta find the right the right one i think it was evan ross cats who posted about her maybe oh no maybe nope is it was it pam boy Uh, now I can't find it. But the the older lady that walked the runway is Penelope Tree, who was a major model in the 60s and 70s and hasn't walked a runway since the 70s. Well, it's clearly like riding a bike because she uh, was phenomenal. And the tailoring in this collection, again... If tailoring is on point, you can do pretty much anything. And the tailoring in Fendi was phenomenal. I want you the, to I want you to wear that duvet vest, the white I, duvet vest. Yes, please. I love it. Uh, you know, when when we get to go to Milan Fashion Week and we're, you know, coordinating outfits at the Fendi show, you can coordinate to the big white duvet vest. Yeah, I put one I, I put a few Fendi looks on Instagram polls and one that I just loved, people did not like, and I was just like, I don't care what your opinion is. It's fabulous. Which one was that? Because I can't I don't remember. It's one of the all white looks with um, a train, like the feathered train. Oh, yeah. I was just like, you guys are wrong. <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, the look on the look on uh Ada. Yes. Uh it, it, you, you they're wrong. Uh it definitely a hundred and ten percent. I wanna see you wear that. I'll wear the duvet coat. Hell I'll wear the feather skirt and the the top. Uh Give you guys a Billy Porter, Tommy Dorfman fashion moment. Yeah. My hands on my what hips is- and squeeze in. Well, yeah, let's do it. Fendi, uh, A plus for Fendi. Definitely an A plus. One of the best collections, not just of Milan Fashion Week, but of spring, summer 2021. I'm calling that before we even see anything from Paris. Let's talk about another collection that you and I both loved that 
some the general public some people do I could see not liking which is Versace because it's so extra and went all in on the starfish print and the under the sea vibe and it made me I know it made me so happy it made it made me really happy you know I love when Donatella goes into the Gianni Versace archive. Mm-hmm. This collection was inspired by a lot of the things um, from Gianni's spring 1992 ready to wear collection. Yes. He, which with all of starfish. Added that. Yes. And, and it was really cool. You know, she had referenced it a couple years ago when she did the 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 tribute collection where it was just kind of mm-hmm. reissues but this was different because it was her take on that and not just bringing it back to life and yeah i love donatella from the waves on the pleated looks that were hot pink and bright orange to the neon underwater baroque prints it was so much fun i loved that she had fun with it you know i missed i missed versace in the men's runway shows back in july and there weren't as many men's looks in this collection but there was a pink suit that i would like a little bit more tailored it was a little more oversized than i like but you know the pink crystal starfish on the lapel all for it the gowns were amazing the top and the rough the high low skirts and i hate high low skirts i normally do too and i loved these um it was fun i loved i also really loved the shoes in this collection i mean if you think about this collection on paper I probably would say I wouldn't have liked it, but the execution just was so fantastic. Like if you told me I was going to like high low skirts and had to toe starfish print and mix bold colors all at once, I'd be like, eh, I'm, I, don't, I don't know, <laughs> but it worked. I, I even liked the biker short layered over the hot pant or layered under the hot pant. Yeah. And the scoop to- tops, it all worked. It it did. It was and it was a lot of fun. And again, the diversity in this show was amazing. We were. Yes. I want to. I I I don't want to say introduced to preciously this fabulous woman, but it oh was the gosh. first time I felt like I've noticed her, and. She'd walked for Siriano. She had walked for um Oh, who was the other one I told you she walked for? Someone in New York, I forget. It was definitely it was definitely New York. Um yeah. but she had walked for, you know, two brands prior to Versace, and I don't put them on the same level. level at all and she was it was phenomenal and i mean she is totally the breakout star from 
this collection and everyone was embracing her. Like I, every model that I followed, designer, everybody was resharing her walking the Versace runway moment. Like, yes, yes, yes. So I definitely, I think she's now going to be really in demand as she should I be. I think so. She's I think so too. Walked it. Uh, that walk was fierce. It was, I love to watch Versace shows just to see who the next top model is going to be. Uh, yes. A couple seasons ago, I took a notice of Ada Akech. I feel like I just butchered her name. But I remember seeing this beautiful woman walk with this strong, sexy, confident walk that stood out. And then she blew up. Mm-hmm. And she's like one of the top non-Instagram models. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what more happens with Precious. And I want to see more Precious and less Kendall. Who? <laughs> you know who I'm honestly really shocked didn't walk in the Versace show? Um, I was disappointed Bella wasn't there, but I understand why. I I mean, I love Bella, but it was it and was Haley. It was Haley, Haley, because she's got she's got the fragrance contract, and she was in Milan. I know. I. I was suspicious why she's in Milan with with the girl I don't want to talk about. But <laughs> especially since both of them I saw out with like the the wet Versace hair. I'm like, are they shooting a Versace campaign? Why are they in Milan if they didn't walk in anything? So they have to be shooting a campaign of some kind, but I'd rather, yeah, I'm on board with seeing Haley rise. She could kill a Versace runway. Yeah, I mean, she's walked for her before, and she's got the fragrance campaign, so I really was just a little surprised that she isn't there. Of course, she did also just bleach her eyebrows, and she kind of looked like Mia Goth in a photo I saw on Just Jared, so it's a little weird. We should take a moment to congratulate Gigi on her baby. Yes. Gigi Hadid. Uh Mama Hadid and uh, and Auntie Auntie Bella. Yes. Uh, okay. Now we're going to have, I think, slightly differing opinions on this next label, but overall, we're going to agree at the end of it. And that was the Moschino show. Yeah, I was going to say, this has to be Moschino. <laughs> so, so for this season, Jeremy Scott decided to do something completely different. And instead of just, yeah, instead of just a lookbook or an in-person runway show, he did a performance with marionettes. Uh-huh. Now, it wasn't just a runway modeled by marionettes, but there were guests that included Edward Enifel and Anna Wintour and Anna Della Russo and 
Chiara Fragani, all in marionette form. Taking and notes they, and nodding. Taking notes, <laughs> was- nodding. You know, there were pictures being taken on little cell phones. Whispering. Um, I mean, the detail <laughs> that went into this was it was a he he collaborated with Jim Henson Studios, which is most known mm-hmm. for the Muppets. Um, and it was definitely a fun idea. Now, me and Kelly both woke up early and were watching the show to, and texting back and forth with each other. And I wasn't a fan of the looks on the dolls. I thought that they had great potential, but they lacked execution. When I was thinking of dolls, I thought back to the Dior uh, minis that they made for couture and Mm -hmm. how every detail was perfect, even in miniature form. That was not the case with Moschino. But as I've started to see some of the looks in real models... I've been, I've loved everything. Things I absolutely thought I was going to hate, I've liked. I'm very confused why we still haven't seen the full collection on models. We're seeing like a look here and there trickle in. Yeah. I'd love to see the entire collection on models because I think you're right. I think the execution of the doll size looks might not have been as strong as it could be. I think a lot more attention actually went into the theatrics of what the audience is doing and all this stuff in the marionette show. So I think yeah. I'd, I'd really like to see the real life-size clothes in a full lookbook form. Yeah. I mean, and one of the things we were talking about on Saturday over our text messages was because there was so much detail that went into this, it's like, is it is it worth the effort? Because yeah, you're not really seeing you're it's not really totally selling the clothes as much as perhaps a lookbook would. But the right. theatrics of it definitely is very much what we've come to expect from Jeremy Scott. And overall, I think it's a great collection. It was definitely something that is gonna people are gonna talk about and share on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. They're gonna share the moments from it, but I don't think that we're gonna that it that it sold the clothes. Everything better. Everything that came out of the the lookbook so far has been better than the run than the actual runway show. Um, right. There's one gown that I'm like that I'm dying to see what it looks like in real life, and that was the the blue with the feathers. Yes. Uh, that dress was trash on the the model, but it the mm-hmm. idea is brilliant. So I want to see what it actually looks like because I think it could be a really great red carpet moment. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I'm looking at the dolls and thinking, yeah, there's a ton that I still want to see on, you know, life size with 
you know, when you're get, when you're talking about putting together a garment that small, that's like marionette size, I can imagine that it's it's difficult to get all the details correct. But okay, I'm seeing a couple new ones on the. I think the, that's good. A couple new things from the Moschino on real pe on real models, and these new ones that they they posted earlier today. Uh, these I'm not a fan of. Hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I have been, you know, especially the the tool cocktail dresses. Um, the pink one with the brocade that was like a half and half Frankenstein. Amazing. Lily Collins, please wear it. Uh, I, I, I'm very excited about what this collection will look like on in real life. Yeah. And I, I always have to applaud Jeremy Scott because similar to what we always say about Marc Jacobs is he always tries something new. Sometimes it yes. works well better than others, but major hats off to him for never being boring, for always Ever. being himself. And for always giving us a show of some kind, a real show. So the, the, crea the creativity was high. The collection, I think, overall was a success. I, I don't know if the effort went into the marionette show necessarily paid off, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Love okay. you, Jeremy. Let's play lightning round kind of go through some of these other shows that we don't have as many important thoughts on. Uh, <laughs> starting with Alberta Ferretti. Oh my gosh. Such a disappointment. Such a disappointment. I love Alberta Ferretti. I always feel like the, her collections are largely underrated. This one was just... Like, what happened to the glamour and the drama and all the things that I love and expect from a Ferretti show? I just, I don't know what happened. I wrote down two bullet points. The first one was bad take on Zimmerman. And 100%. Two was where was the glamour? And all I could hear was the was the clip of Andre Leon Talley. I think it's from when he was on... America's Next Top Model as a judge. He was like, I am in a wasteland of glamour. Where bring me the glamour. And I'm like, I just don't know what happened. Like the fall 2020 collection was so strong, and you wouldn't even to put those two side by side, it's just like, what? What I, happened here? I always tend to think that her fall collections are more glamorous than her spring collections. Spring is usually a little bit more bohemian. But this was... It wasn't worth it. Like, it was trash. Okay, what about uh, numero 21? I put down nice, but not a standout. There were a few looks that I really liked, but overall... I wrote down color, cool, sophisticated, chic, laid back elegance. And Ooh, you best. really liked it. 
I do. I but I love. I do love Numero 21. Uh, I think that it's this effortless, laid back brand. It's not gonna. It's not something that's gonna push your envelopes. But it's to me what if I was a cool Italian woman, you know, lounging through my day, I'd want to do it in Numero 21. I did really love that purple feathered skirt with the purple sweater. I'll take it. Uh, I, I'm down for it. There was one, yeah. there was a relaxed kind of like taupey look that had feathers and a, like a cardigan. And I was like, I, I want this one. I, I, yeah, I, would, I, would like this. I saw a lot that I'd love to see you in. I was like, Thomas. I, Thomas. I would wear I would wear a lot of that collection. <laughs> yeah. Just like I think you'd wear a lot of Max Mara. Yes, I would. Especially the um suiting. I just I really love that Max Mara is a nice palette cleanser in a way because they always deliver such great basics, but it's never boring for some reason to me. I just, I, and the makeup always is a high point. I, I loved just it. Kinda, I kind of glaze over Max Mara. Um, yeah. It wasn't my favorite collection. It wasn't my favorite Max Mara collection. Uh, it was Which, who did you like better between Max Mara, Boss, and Ferragamo? Boss. I think Boss was better than Max Mara as well. Uh, I Max Mara, it was chic, but it wasn't my speed. Boss, the color, the use of grommets, the the tailoring, the the subtle shimmer here and there, everything about Boss spoke to me. The the brocade, it, it's chic. You know, when Jason mm-hmm. Wu left, I was there was a little period of uncertainty with Boss, but the last like yeah. two seasons have been killer really very much um girl bosses in milan fashion week this season yes very Um, female power season and then of course versace underneath the sea perfect um what did you think of intro gosh messy I only wrote one word and it was trash I put down messy I just I don't think I'm a fan I guess I just that's gotta be it because every season I'm like eh I'm not feeling it I don't know where they get the money to keep paying people to wear their shit I did like um what was it, Taylor Hill at the Venice Film Festival in Etro? <laughs> the the gown. Yeah, the, the custom. Because mm-hmm. she wore the, the, the really chic, like, pink paisley custom gown for the opening. But then the next night, she showed up in, like, a navy velvet bathrobe with wet hair. Oh, I didn't see and that. I, I like, mean the gown. Oh, yeah. The gown was good. The bathrobe was bad. The bathrobe will be on my worst dressed of the year list. <laughs> Oh, God. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it was bad. 
Great chip art jewelry, but the rest of the look was trash. Much like the full collection that we just saw. Uh, speaking of trash collections, uh, Philosophy de Lorenzo Serafini. Oh, that was painful. You know what's most <laughs> painful? That, the, the styling on that show, literally, I had, a, I had a very bad migraine, and it wasn't making it any better. Um, but it was painful also because they had an in-person show, and they invited guests. And you know when you're a guest of something, you try to be positive. And you could tell, you could tell the people that were try, that were there and trying to Instagram and be positive about it were just like, uh. so it was it was bad. Little fact that I don't know if you are aware, but Philosophy and Alberta Ferretti are the same company. So Ferretti wins in the race. I wonder if there was just an issue, you know, a COVID issue. Um, you know, we had we posted the collection on our Instagram and we had somebody comment back that this collection was like a try too hard high schooler was given two hundred dollars to spend at a thrift store. And that's true. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was it was Thank it was too hard. <laughs> it was too hard to dissect the good from the trash. You probably could have had another twenty looks if you had styled it correctly. It still wouldn't have been a good I think there's definitely great elements to it, but like you said, the styling. I mean, and plus, I hate bucket hats. Can we just not do that? Bucket hats can go away. Like, I don't, I'm not a big hat person to begin with, but, you know, LL Cool J in the 90s is where the bucket hat needs to stay. The only person that should be wearing a bucket hat in 2020 is someone who is casting to fish. That's it. If you're fishing, fine. Oh, I hated the bucket hats. And the uh-huh. boots. The rubber rain slicker. I hated the whole collection. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Ferragamo. Okay, yes. You, um, and I think both fell in love with the feathery tasseled pants. Feather pants. It's written in all caps in my notes. They are brown feather pants, and I want them. They're so fun. I love it. And they were real pants. Not yes. leggings. Not your shorts. Real no, pants. They were, they were real trousers. Like, they weren't, you know, like skinny pants. Like, they were great wool trousers with feathers like this is the kind of tailoring kind of vibe that michael kors tries to do and fails at paul andrew has thrived at ferragamo great collection super the an excellent use he's become a master uh at color texture and print all of it was done so well in this collection and I just have to say again, feather pants. I know it was it was remarkable. Uh, I loved it, it. Like I'm beaming from ear to ear just talking about these feather pants. They make me so happy. You can get the feather pants. I'll wear the feathered pencil skirt that kind of is alongside them, and we'll just be twins. Exactly. Perfect. 
again, front row, Ferragamo, the fashion forward friends, yes. rocking the feathers. Such a great, well-rounded collection. I love it. It was a great, well-rounded collection. Very, you know, laid back, kind of the new modern post quarantine relaxed everyday tailoring meets glamour. That was fantastic. All right. We have one more kind of quick lightning round and then we're going to dissect the most important show. This is the best show of Milan Fashion Week. But we can't discuss Milan Fashion Week without quickly touching on Giorgio Armani. I preferred the Emporio Armani collection this season. Giorgio Armani, it was, like it always is, elegant, nice, Mm -hmm. very predictable, too big of a collection. Nothing was new. I kind of felt like heading into it, I could have sketched what I think it would look like, and it looked like it. I mean, yeah. it was very predictable, very safe. I I think it's, you know, it will get pulled by stylists, but it's not memorable. Not at all. You took, a, you took, you took my notes. My, my two notes were, didn't need to be as long as it was for the show, and chic but nothing new. That's all I got to say. I know. And I'm sure you were probably, because it was, I think, 99 looks. And because I knew what they were going to look like, and it was the same as it always has been, I was just, like, flipping through it, like, can we just get to the end? Come on. When I, We've been here. When I looked at the our money show, I honestly just scrolled on Vogue Runway all the way to the bottom, looked at the gowns and left. I, I don't blame you. I went through it look by look, and I, I don't think I'll, I would recommend doing that. It's um, just... It was redundant. That's the word very, for it. Redundant. redundant. Okay. Kelly, bring us home. Okay. Take us so to church. On Sunday, on Sunday morning, Pierre Paolo made his Milan Fashion Week debut with Valentino. They've, of course, showed there before. But this season, they're not at Paris. They were in Milan. They staged a real runway show with real guests. They had, what was it, like 14 cameras. I mean, they had this whole dramatic video of the setup. And Mm -hmm. it was phenomenal. The clothes, the staging, the live performances. I mean, I really felt like it was my Sunday morning church. And hallelujah, amen. I loved it. The setting was gorgeous. It was an an old warehouse, and they filled it with greenery and florals. So Um, lush. Everybody was kind of, they sat on cubes. It was socially distanced. There was live performance. I will say that I was hesitant at the very beginning. And when I say the very beginning, I mean the first couple of looks. Um, It was up to the first 11 looks didn't wake me up. Look 12 started to come down. It was a midi dress that had fringe cape. 
I started to perk that up. Is, that is when I literally perked up in bed with my coffee. That was like an espresso shot, that look. And then the next one was, you know, a bright kind of rose and cherry blossom print, multicolored uh, caftan cape ankle length look. Then I was awake. Then I was paying attention. It was, it was very much, again, we've seen a lot of designers do what we think the new normal is. It wasn't as, you know, cocktaily and event focused as most collections were this season. weren't this season. But oh my gosh, it was. It reminded me a lot of the same vibe that Tom Ford had. Yes, fully embracing color, print, fun. Let's 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 really live after this global tragedy that we've gone through. It's been a very difficult year, very difficult for a number of reasons. And to just see so much fun on their one way. And we we both felt like, no, it's not exactly anything new, but it was, I felt like it was the collection we needed right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, never have I ever wanted a designer hoodie until the rose and color blocked Valentino hoodie came down the runway. Mm-hmm. Now I do like to call out when I feel like I notice a lot of inspiration from other designers. And I do feel like I saw a lot of other labels in this collection, I felt like I saw uh, Armani. I thought I saw Bottega Veneta. I feel like I've seen Chloe. Uh, okay. I feel like I see there's you know a piece that makes me think of Michael Kors. I did also. I do also feel like I see a little bit of Dolce and Gabbana. Which I just so, realized we didn't we didn't even put on our list to talk about. Oh, I did that on good, purpose. Good riddance. Good riddance. Uh, I, I have nothing on. to say on them. Um, yeah. So I did see a lot of other inspiration in this collection, but it it was I, it, I don't mind it. I, I have one critique and. It is that I think the rock studs can die. They can go into retirement. I was not glad to see them reemerge in shoes and oversized bags. <laughs> but everything else was so good that I will make an allowance. But I was not. I'm just over the rock studs. Uh- yeah, I don't love the Rockstas either. The big ones made me think of an old Ricardo Tishy for Givenchy collection where he did oversized studs, but they can go away. I do think Pier Paolo was is preparing ahead for award season. Um he has a fantastic relationship with Frances McDormand. He dressed her for her entire 
award season run for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And everything post Venice and Toronto is pointing towards another award season run for her latest film called Nomadland. And I really I can't wait to see that. I think that there are quite a few pieces in this collection that are designed with Francis in mind, including those long fringy things, the brown one and the black one, and then the kaftans. I, I it definitely is, it screams Francis and, you know, I can't wait to see her rock some of it with like Birkenstocks because that's her. <laughs> I loved it. It was a great way to end Milan Fashion Week. I mean, I guess there were some events today, but really it ended with Valentino. It ended with Valentino. So, you know, it was a great way to end Milan Fashion Week. I think it's a great way to end this episode of the Fashion Forward Friends. And, you know, as always, we're always talking about the collections on our social media channels um, at I always do the Instagram wrong. At Fashion Forward. <laughs> at Fashion Forward Friends, the name of the podcast at on Instagram. Um, uh, and then on, on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, it's FWD Friends. Yes. I always want to add the add the to the beginning of at I want to say at the Fashion Forward Friends because our email is the Fashion Forward Friends at gmail.com. You could always send us an email there um, to let us know your thoughts on collections and you know the show in general. Uh, yeah, but definitely day- follow us on yeah. Instagram at Fashion Forward Friends because Paris Fashion Week kicks off pretty much tomorrow. There were a few yes. events today, but tomorrow's the first big day. We've got, um, it's, I mean, there are a few big names that are missing, but it's a pretty jam-packed schedule, and we will be sharing our thoughts on Instagram as well as we'd want to hear your thoughts because then we'll discuss it all together in a future episode. Yes. Um, so we'll be interested to see where it goes. Uh, Chanel has canceled and reinstated their show. Um, I know. <laughs> Who knows? Very weird. Next, I know. Next Tuesday. We'll see if it's on. It might be canceled and reinstated. <laughs> Once or twice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but follow us and have a great rest of your day if you're, whenever you're listening to this. And don't forget to always stay opinionated.